everyone remain calm. Back for more, huh? Well, yeah, ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. But then later there's running and then screaming. Somebody talk to me, what is happening? Welcome to Jurassic World. And now, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. How long is it going to take for that to spread around the globe? This was all John Hammond's dream. Hold on to your butt. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 209th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. In today's episode, we're going to be busting out Site B again. It's been a long time since we've done this segment, dusting it off a little bit to introduce a brand new segment featuring myself and my good friend, Caleb Burnett. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to spoil it just yet. So you're going to have to listen to that segment. And actually, we're kind of introducing two segments. So keep your ears peeled for that. It's actually towards the end of the segment itself. But in this Site B, we're going to be talking all about the music of Jurassic Park, Caleb's history with music, and why we are starting a segment here. It's going to be fun. We're going to discuss all kinds of stuff in this segment. Uh, Just in general, the music of the Jurassic Park franchise from John Williams to Michael Giacchino to Amy Doherty and and uh, Don Davis. There's a lot to discuss in this uh, in this segment here today, which is going to be it's quite a long one. And we actually went out to New York. I met up with Caleb. We recorded this whole thing. It was a blast. And I, uh, I can't wait to do it again, guys. We're going to keep this thing going for a while. So this is going to be the first that you'll hear out of many. And uh, this one was kind of like a test. We like I said, we went up to New York and we were in a studio and we were using all our own equipment and everything so it was a big test of getting the sound right you're gonna hear me caleb talking all on different channels and then you're gonna hear piano as well and music from the series so it was a lot to try to get to work out right and sometimes our levels weren't perfect but i did the best i could to make it sound good for you guys in the headphones so enjoy it and uh if you have any comments or questions or concerns let us know shoot us an email or hit us up on our website in our contact form we'd love to hear from you guys all about what you think about this segment i won't go on about it too much but i think you guys will really like it and uh, i'll let ourselves uh, introduce the entire thing later on in the segment itself but before we do that why don't we go ahead and take care of some business here over on youtube so last week we did a few videos for you guys we did the islands of adventure construction video which is funny because it's changed since then so, um, you know, I put together a video from when I was down there a few weeks back and just showcasing all of the different construction that's going on there, the different pathways, everything that you can find in the Jurassic Park section. And then they went ahead and changed it. So the pathways are very different um, right now. They actually took one of the pathways that you see in my video and moved it over right straight through the construction. There's like a nice pathway now. So it's interesting that they moved everything over a little bit so that they can uh, continue work on uh, the Jurassic Park River Adventure side of the pathways, which if you take a look at the video and you look at the pictures that are floating around online right now, you can see the differences. But um, that was our first video. 
showcasing everything new at Islands as far as construction goes. And then um, I did a live stream uh, last Wednesday all about the cannon uh, it could, because there's been a lot of concerns and thoughts around the cannon recently. And it, it's a hard thing to articulate when it comes to cannon because, you know, there there's this debate about different levels and what exists, what doesn't. Uh, head cannon and hard cannon, soft cannon, all these different things. So I tried to decipher it as best as I could for you guys. Uh, some people... Don't know anything about canon. What is canon? I have no clue. Um, other people are, are hardcore followers of canon or their own head canon. So I try to break it down as best as I could and also give my input on, on what I want to see and expect from canon and my disappointment, maybe, as far as canon is concerned. Uh, so go ahead and watch that one. I went, I went long and overboard and tried to articulate everything, but it's very hard. It's a hard thing to discuss. But uh, I did that. Go ahead and check it out. And we're going to be talking more about canon um, in uh, the Jurassic Wire at the end of November. So stay tuned for that episode. We're going to be doing... Um, a big talk. Me and Aaron, we have a lot to say still about canon. So we're try we'll try to uh, even it out for everybody. So if you still have questions and concerns, uh, let us know, and we'll try to tackle them in the uh, Jurassic Wire at the end of this month. Also uh, on YouTube, we did episode 17 of Tom's Jurassic uh, World Evolution, Claire's Sanctuary. There's too many words in that whole thing. I forgot the order of everything. It's like Claire's Evolution of t Tom's tom's sanctuary of jurassic i think that was it anyway i don't know why i'm keeping this in but i am i hope you guys enjoy this podcast <laughs> um and this week over on our youtube channel if you want more of these shenanigans i have a video from islands of adventure who knows maybe it's changed since then i don't know but um i uh it's very quick it's like a really short video but um uh, it's uh, it's me just going over to the blue raptor encounter, which is in a new position um, for the past few months now. But um, I did that one, and then we're going to do a live stream again on Wednesday. I have no idea what it's going to be about, so if you guys have any input or suggestions, let me know. I haven't even had a chance to figure that out yet, so I'll try to do a big production for you guys, as always, on Wednesday nights. Um, and then Friday, we have episode 18 of Claire's Sanctuary with Tom. Got it in order that time. Way to go, me. I'm so good at this, obviously. But enough of me just chattering away, guys. We have a fun music segment talking all about the music of Jurassic Park. So why don't we go ahead and traverse the murky waters and head out to Site B. Thank God for Site B. Site be. Yes, Site B. No force on earth or heaven could get me on that island. Site B, don't worry. I'm not making the same uh, mistakes again. I know. Okay, so there's another island with dinosaurs. No yes, fences. Site B. And you want to send people in? Yes. A very few people. Yes. It's not a research expedition anymore. It's a rescue operation. It's leaving right now. You this cannot land on this island. This is Isla Sorna. Site B. Yes. Uh, we're on Isla Sorna and we need to find, we need to talk to the boat. Site B. No, the lady. Enough. Wrong frequency. What's going on, everybody? We are here in this very murky, swampy Isla Sorna on Site B here today. And it is, uh, 
quite disgusting, but we've uh, we found a nice place to keep cool and it's clean in here. It's a, it's just a random re- recording studio that we found here on site B. I don't know where it came from. I don't remember it from the movies. But I've got my friend here, Caleb Burnett. What's going on, dude? What's up, guys? <laughs> it's South America. It's hot. <laughs> you know, we, we tried to, to wipe our feet so we didn't get track the mud in here, but uh, whatever, it happens. So we are here today to kind of introduce something fun, something new that we're going to be doing here on the podcast. And something that people, I think, have been asking about a lot recently is for us to include more discussion on music. You know, we've we've done quite a bit, I think, over the few years that we've been uh, recording, but nothing like too seriously in-depth, nothing like, you know, really, really analyzing the tracks. We've done a few things, like I said, um, especially when Jurassic World came out, we kind of took a look at some of those tracks, um, and we've talked about things here and there, but nothing too, too deep. I have never really felt that I was capable of doing so by myself, so... Caleb came to us and said, you know, hey, do you guys want to do a segment together? And we're doing it. So we're going to do a deep dive for you guys. So we're kind of introducing that segment here today in Site B. Um, this is not going to be the segment. This is just the introduction. Um, but yeah, I think um, I think this is going to be fun. I'm excited, man. I'm super excited to talk about this. I know. I know you know a ton of stuff. But before we get into that, I know this is not our typical visitor center, yeah, that's what it is, right? Visitor center segment. So I'm going to ask you the question anyway that I ask everybody that comes on the podcast. So if you're stuck in a kitchen with a velociraptor, what would you do and would you make it out alive? What would I do? Yeah. Well, uh, being from the South, you know, everybody down there uh, carries a weapon on their hip. (laughs) So I, uh, I would hope that maybe I, you know, had a had a knife on my hip or something. Okay, yeah, like a like Owen Grady or or someone. Like sure, that. sure. Um, and I've I've taken some self defense classes, and so I I think I would uh, use that knife to the best of my ability. <laughs> Maybe I don't know if I have it in me to kill a dinosaur, oh, but I, know. Uh, I could uh, I could maim enough to where I could get away, <laughs> let it uh, let it keep living, but yeah. not eat me. So. Yeah, I guess I've never really thought of it uh, too deeply like that, but. In a situation where you're being attacked by a dinosaur, your first thought is def- you know, self-defense and everything. But at the same time, you don't really want to hurt a dinosaur. Like, yeah, I mean, uh, at least the people like you and I, like, yeah, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to kill a dinosaur. No, I, that's like, that's just sad. Yeah. Especially a creature that's been alive, uh, that hasn't been alive for so so many years, and then all of a sudden forced into existence. I mean, it's just trying to eat. Like, <laughs> it doesn't have to die for that. Like. No, I don't. I don't want to be its uh, tasty dinner. No, it can eat something else. Yeah, you know, but like if you store, you know, trap it in a freezer or something like that, you don't yeah. know what what the outcome is. You can maybe assume, mm-hmm. but like at least it's off your conscience a little bit. Conscience a little bit, but um, yeah, with a knife, there's no questioning what what you're capable of. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully you can get out of there alive. Yeah. <laughs> I, w- I think I think I would. I think my uh, instincts are good. Enough. I have faith in you, man. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know if I would be able to make it out. I just I just fall on the ground. I trip. I would definitely trip, especially if there's like stairs involved. I would just fall down the stairs. That that's <laughs> so the scene when when Timmy traps it in the freezer and he has to turn around and like yeah. try to run out like, <laughs> and he somehow catches his footing. Like I would be on my face. I yeah, would, I would be well, done. you luckily have to get electrified before that so you have the grips on your hands <laughs> yeah. so everything all works out it's all for a purpose yeah <laughs> but i want to go ahead and learn 
And actually, I think everybody else wants to learn, too. Um, why are, are we or you capable um, of, of talking about music? Like, what, what is it that brought you to this segment to, to want to talk about Jurassic tracks? So uh, music has been a part of my life since I was born. Mm-hmm. Um, but I uh, also <clears throat> got a uh, – I have a bachelor's degree in music history, um, have studied um, all eras of music, all types of music. Um, I am in graduate school right now studying more of that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I have done countless analyses of orchestral works and film scores, um, but the ones I always come back to are these Jurassic Park scores. Yeah. And so I I could talk about the musical workings of these for hours, so uh, that's why I came. So it's definitely you. your favorite, like, out of anything, you think? Or yeah. I Put um, you on the spot. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, tell us right now. That I'm, <laughs> I'm studying film scoring uh, in graduate yeah. school, and so I, I hang out with other people who like film scoring uh-huh. and who are composers, and we talk about what our fav- favorite scores are. Yeah. And my answer is always Jurassic Park. Yeah. Um, just because, I mean, I'm biased because I love the film, mm-hmm. but Jurassic Park is a, an objectively fantastic musical score. It's mm-hmm. one of the best of all time, all films, yeah. in my opinion. So. And it's it's funny because they could have went a certain direction with it, and it could have been just too outlandish, too crazy, too over the top. But yeah, with such a beautiful like it, it style. could have been it could have been way too science fiction or uh-huh. way too like because there are horror elements of Jurassic Park. Yeah, there are scary things. It could have been way too in that direction, but they brought in John Williams, which mm-hmm. was the perfect choice, um, and he wrote something that is <laughs> is not it's not really sci-fi and it's not really horror. It's it's just it's perfect for the film. Yeah, it's got so many different elements. Yeah. Whether it is. There, there's certainly like science fiction elements. There's horror stuff like for quite a bit. Of, a lot of it's horror, I feel like, in this movie, too. Yeah. But the beauty of it all, whether it's the the two main themes, like they, that just takes it over and just. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's something different than your typical horror movie that would really never touch on something like that. The, the Jurassic Park score has so much suspense music. That's mm-hmm. what I would call it. It's just, oh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just absolutely wild music that as you're watching the music just makes your brain go you don't know what's going to happen mm-hmm. um it's unpredictable the the music and the film are unpredictable if you're watching it for the first time um but in the end it you know it ends up in a very beautiful place mm-hmm. the sunset the final scene and the music is is beautiful yeah. it's not scary it's you know it's no. not it's not dark it's beautiful yeah the um it's interesting at, at the very last bit of that score in the credits it's like kind of gets a little scary uh-huh. and you're like it was just this beautiful moment and then you have this like that four note motif and then the, the little like you know topper on the cake that, and then the high pitch like ding yeah <laughs> that's my best impression right there of a piano <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah it's like it's such a beautiful score and uh, um, and you were you were pretty young I guess when this movie came out right the, the first so one so I wasn't I wasn't born <gasps> oh you were pretty out. young <laughs> I was I was a mere thought um, in, my, in my parents' mind, um, no, oh. I, I I saw the film for the first time when I was very young. Okay, yeah, um, yeah, and it, it it definitely scared me. Well, I think that's awesome that like, I mean, it, we it's nothing new. I mean, uh, I a lot of my favorite movies are ones from before I was born, right? Whether it's Indiana Jones or Star Wars or um, even one of my favorites, Back to the Future. Like, 
it, it came out a few months before I was born. Right. And it's just all these movies like are my timeless movies as well as Jurassic mm-hmm. Park. And it really doesn't matter when they're made, you know? Right. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. It speaks to the timelessness of, of yeah. Jurassic Park that it can gain fans no matter when they were born. Mm-hmm. So, Do you think like how much of that is, is owed to John Williams? If they had brought in a different composer, would it have... Would it have been as beautiful, or would um, they have gone a different route? I mean, I don't, I don't think John Williams just has this ability, and I, I've talked about this a lot with people. He has this ability to write these themes and this music that is transcendent. Uh-huh. You can hear it anywhere, apart from the film or with the film, and it's it just it just strikes you. Um, yeah. So I think if they would have brought someone else in. It, it it might not be as iconic. I yeah, mean, honestly. I mean, look, take a look at Jurassic Park three, for instance. Like we, we were talking about this before. Like it obviously heavily weighs upon John Williams' work, but it try, some of the times when it tries to do its own thing, it's really beautiful. But you know, that's somebody else that tried to tackle, and it didn't really work out as well as John Williams did it. So who knows? I mean, Michael Giacchino right. really excelled with it, yeah. doing his own thing. Definitely away from what John Williams did to a certain extent. So, yeah, and that's that's something we're going to talk about. Oh, sure. we'll talk so. about all these things. Yeah, this is just the introduction. So, what uh, what was like your first introduction to music and playing music and being, you know, a musician or somebody who composes music? Uh, so, I have sung since I was little. That's I would say is my main instrument okay. is yeah. is I'm a singer um, but I also took piano lessons when I was little mm-hmm. and so that's that's kind of the basis on which my musical musical abilities are based um but yeah I just you know I guess I wasn't good at much else <laughs> so I continued continued studying it and yeah yeah but. yeah and it's it's so prevalent, like with every movie that comes out, I always want to hear the scores and it's just something that never disappears, like from your childhood through adulthood. Like right, yeah. it's just so beautiful. Any score really, like keeps you interested in the 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 well, the uh, job, I guess, you know, wanting to do it, take it into a career path and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Um it's the the combination of of music and visual media is is just fascinating as far as what it does to us is, is yeah so yeah and i think um that's a good way to describe john williams stuff is especially like you know both the first movies like it's so such visual music like you can listen to that music and hear exactly what he's trying to convey yeah. in a certain way like whether it's a, a dinosaur walking in or um you know just lurking or hunting or something falling like like specifically um, you know, the moment when they're trying to escape the raptors inside the visitor center and they're they're going down like the the raptor area and then onto the bones and everything. You, you can hear all of that happening in the music. It's pretty awesome. Not okay. You don't just hear the music. You hear the entire scene. Like, it's really cool. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, people people will ask me sometimes like, well, how do you know Jurassic Park is your favorite movie? How do you know Jurassic Park is your favorite score? Mm-hmm. And the answer I always give, and the way the way I know is that every time I watch the film, every time I listen to the score, even apart from the film, it always impacts me. I always get chills yeah. every time. I've listened to it 14,000 times, and it gives, <laughs> still gives me the same chills every time, yeah. the film and the score. Yeah. So, and that's how I know. Yeah, there's that moment like when when John Hammond introduces everybody to the Brachiosaurus and you're just like, 
blown away by the score and hit his like intonation there saying welcome you know like to jurassic park right. everything affects you like perfectly and it can't help but you can't help but like feel emotional every time when you're talking about it's very visual music like that that cue is something that can be listened to and you can see the scene in your head mm-hmm. like yeah and, and that, you can't say that about all film music yeah at that moment when like the strings come in in the very beginning as soon as they get a glimpse and you can hear the brachiosaurus like wailing in the distance like i hear it i hear it every time um and i do that probably every time and i i I always look silly but um i love i love like hearing the movie and and, you know maybe it's just because we watched them so many times um Mm -hmm. but like especially like the uh the helicopter scene like that's something i when i listen to the music i try to like memorize that entire scene and just like (laughs) repeat it when i'm listening back but something about this music I think that just I don't know it just makes you so emotional makes you so involved in what's going on on the screen yeah and even when it's not there it's it's impactful as well I know so many Jurassic Park fans who are who are not musicians at all but they mm-hmm. know the music oh yeah they know the themes mm-hmm. and so it's, it's what, yeah what do you find to be the the more prevalent theme because uh, the other day my wife said, oh, I, I heard somebody whistling the Jurassic Park theme at work. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, really? Which which one? Which, one? which yeah. Like, I was actually interested because I, I find that um, interesting to know. Like, what do people gravitate towards more? You right. know? Because there's this one. Yeah. That one. That. So, and then there's... Yeah. So in the film music analysis world, um, the people call that the island theme mm-hmm. because yeah. that you hear it when they first get to the island. That's how they distinguish it. And then they yeah. call this one. They call that one the hymn theme mm-hmm. because it's very. I don't know. It's John Williams in interviews talks about that theme like wanting to write music that was descriptive of the, of the awe we have before our creator. Yeah. And so it's it's very, it's it's almost like these paleontologists are seeing dinosaurs in person. It's almost like they're seeing God. Like they're, mm-hmm. it, it's almost a worship type thing. They're so yeah. in awe before it. And so that's yeah. why people call it the hymn theme. Sure. It's church, but. Um, it does. It has people, that like ethereal element to it where it feels yeah. like. It's majestic. An, it's and angelic. It, yeah, you can like hear. Yeah, the, is there a choir in that moment? I don't. Yeah, is, a is there? Bit. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it just feels like so angelic and and something special about it, and it, it really captures the dinosaurs in that moment. I think like it's also just speaks to the dinosaurs throughout the movie. You know, like anytime oh, there's yeah. like a a beautiful moment with the dinosaurs, you you hear that, and and they've taken it across the series. You know, with you know anytime a dinosaur shows up or something emotional or impactful, like you hear that every time. Yeah, I mean, so the. To answer your question, um, me personally, um, as a film music Jurassic Park fan, when I say the Jurassic Park theme, I mean this one. That's what yeah. I think of. The other one, I don't, I don't know. It, it's it's still the Jurassic Park theme to me, sort of, but like it's it's associated with something else. Well, you also have the that's like even a separate thing, even though it's the same track. It feels almost yeah. like a separate theme in itself. It's sort of so. There's the there's it start that the hymn theme starts off with. 
Yeah. And so the the B, what you're speaking to is sort of like the B set, like what I just played is the A section. Yeah. And what you're speaking to is like the B, the second, yeah. the B section. See, I would even say that's more iconic than the A section sometimes. So, well, I, I feel mean, like people would whistle that too. I would like, agree so. with you because in the trailers for Jurassic World in 2015, mm-hmm. in the trailers for Fallen Kingdom last year, the you had the high strings going. Like, oh yeah, people yeah. know that. Yeah, so, I, so I guess uh, I think I would probably say that is like the the B the half section. Step. Yeah, yeah the I half think step. I think it's. Yeah. I think that's probably the most iconic one. And it's crazy to think that there's several to choose from. You know, not every movie really has that. Mm-hmm. And I know, you know, we've heard, you know, in recent years of how forgettable Marvel scores can be. Um, I think there's some pretty great yeah. ones. But every you do hear I the think, complaints. Yeah, I think generic people. is a good word. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so the fact that this has multiple is, is pretty awesome. And, I, you yeah. know, there's certainly there's others that have multiple. You think of Star Wars and yeah. Harry Potter or, you know, stuff like that. All Indiana Jones. Yeah, all John Williams. <laughs> like, uh, I yeah, couldn't think of what anybody. I was, saying. I was like, that, it just sort of speaks to how John Williams writes films yeah. because he writes in that style. Yeah. Multiple themes. Yeah, so that's, that's an interesting one. So I think if anybody out there is uh, wondering, just like, Think about which one is is the one that you would go to or ask people which one they go to. Let us know because I'm interested to find out. Yeah, I'd be um, interested to know like which one pops into people's minds when when they say the Jurassic Park. Thing. Yeah, so, I um cuz you, you have you have 3 or 4 options really, so. <laughs> yeah, and in my mind I'm like I go straight to the Lost World. <laughs> and I'm, right. I'm like thinking about all the Lost World themes and stuff. There's some great <laughs> stuff in there even Jurassic World has some some really iconic stuff too. So it's that, yeah. you know so. it's it's a we're blessed I think with the amount of <laughs> yeah. incredible music for sure from start to finish. It's really really awesome. Oh, yeah. Uh yeah. That is and and that's that theme specifically and I think, you know, the journey to the island, they're, they're so adventurous and, and there's oh, yeah. so much adventure involved in them. And yeah, oh man, the Lost World, he like flipped the switch and just oh, wanted to do something totally. completely different. Mm-hmm. And I, I really appreciate that because he could have just, you know, rested on his laurels and just like repeated, you know, done some of the same stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's such a different movie that it really needed something else. Definitely. Right? It's so, it's it's very primal and wild. Yeah. So they're... They're not in the park. No. And I wonder, like, because we heard it recently with Battle at Big Rock. So where do we go from here? Like, what do you have anything you're expecting to hear in the next installment? Like something you, I think, a, a tone or a, you know, a certain cue or anything? And we we were talking about this, but uh, I think that the prospect of using the lost world theme in relation to the world being lost yeah. to dinosaurs, that excites me so much. Like, yeah. Um but uh and I think that it, we're at the sixth film in the franchise now mm-hmm. with the next score. I think that that is that gives validity to using old themes, old music a little bit more. I like the way Jacino only uses those old themes when they're warranted, but mm-hmm. I think that this huge culmination of this franchise you have the original three coming back, like this is going to be a big deal. I think it's going to be a big deal musically too. Um, I hope so. So <laughs> I, I was we I was going to say this, but um, they 
speaking of Star Wars, so you had you have all the original Star Wars music, which is John Williams, yeah. and then Solo gets made, which is like a prequel spin-off, mm-hmm. whatever it is. And but they brought in John Williams to write some a little bit of like Hans yeah. theme for that. Yeah. So I I don't know if this will happen. I would be very surprised if it happened. But it would be fantastic if they brought in John Williams for Jurassic World 3, Jurassic Park oh, 6, man. to write, just to write yeah. something. Not not to do the whole score. Just to, like, maybe, like, bring in some of his old themes in a new way mm-hmm. or or something like that. I think that would be really cool. Yeah, I wonder what his trajectory is right now because he is 87, I think, at this point, And that's an, that's an old man. Like, and he has done so much incredible work. And he's not stopping, like... At least it, it doesn't seem like it. He seems still very active in all of his composing and conducting. And he, he's just a force of nature. And I, I hope that we get something, you know, like, I don't know what it would be if he was to come back and write. Would it be a new theme or an expansion on the current theme or right. it would just. Well, I mean, with with Solo, he wrote a new theme. True. Um, yeah. I, and I think that just from a composer standpoint, like. I think, I think someone like John Williams would be more excited and more open to writing a new theme, mm-hmm. um, which I think would be awesome. Yeah, I don't know if it'll happen, but yeah, something in the movie would have to trigger like a new theme, and I, I you know, somebody like Maisie could, you know, she already has like her her themes going on in, in uh, Fallen Kingdom. Um, she could use something maybe. Um, the, the, I don't know. Like, the thing about it's the all Jurassic a lot of repeated Park franchise stuff. is that there aren't that many characters that have their own musical themes. Yeah, yeah. Um, Claire sort of has one. Owen definitely has one. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and that's but, that, that's all new. Like it's exactly it, it never, never that, was that way. And that's not John Williams. Yeah, it's yeah. Chikino. But um, like in the Jurassic Park and the Lost World, like. Alan Grant doesn't he doesn't have a musical theme. No. Ellie doesn't have a musical theme. Yeah. Um and I don't I honestly don't know that they need one. Um and so that uh, just speaking to our conversation about John Williams writing a new theme for something like maybe he writes a just sort of a the main theme for this new world or mm-hmm. writes a theme for the dinosaurs or something. I I feel like in the Jurassic Park franchise that would be a little more appropriate but yeah yeah i don't know it's so so difficult to think about what it could possibly be i um i would like to see like a big three kind of theme but what see what would it even it wouldn't connect to anything you know like it would have he'd have to find something to connect to because some of the best moments with the big three are silent oh yeah you know well you could argue that one of the musical themes from the original jurassic park could be used mm-hmm. for the big three in Jurassic World three. Like maybe they use the when when they come on screen or the other one. Like yeah. because they're it would be harkening back to that that original film. Um I could see that happening sure. certainly. Um Yeah, there's it's kinda like the Star Wars theme is is considered like the Luke Skywalker theme. Even though it's like right, yeah, you don't yeah. necessarily associate it with just Luke. But I, I don't know. I really don't know where they could go as far as um, bringing in John to do something else and to to collaborate. I think personally, I would just like to hear some sort of combination of of like all the themes, you know, something that he can work on with Michael Giacchino. It's one big epic theme 
almost like, which was surprising to me at the end of Fallen Kingdom, was that like Journey to the Island like bit at the end, you know, with like the credits with the started. credits, like yeah, and it, that was like, yeah, yeah, it was like really, it made no sense. <laughs> I don't think. I can't really think of a way it made sense, but right. it was so beautiful in the way it was, you know, recorded and, and just produced. It sounds so fresh, like for something that we're so used to, you know, like there, it, it sounds even better somehow. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, Jurassic World's credits started with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. started with the other theme. Yeah. So it was like, OK, Jurassic World had that one. Now Fallen Kingdom has, has this one. Yeah. That one. So it's like. It's it's purely in my opinion it's it's purely nostalgia it's purely purely harkening back to those other scores yeah um, which is which is fine I don't know that there needs to be a reason for it there in that spot on the credits mm-hmm. but I don't know yeah and I know they just did the the credits you know with the Lost World that battle at Big Rock yeah so I I don't want them to just stick with the credits I want them to like fully invest in that theme and bring some of those elements the wildness of of that score because. I I think I think I can safely say that that score is my favorite score out of all of them. The, the Lost, Lost World. World. Yeah. See, um, Jack Delamar asked me this question. Yeah. At Josh and Jennifer. Oh, Day. okay. And that is a hard question for me. He he. What the question he asked me? Sorry, was out of Jurassic Park and the Lost World, which is your favorite score? Like just out of those three. Yeah. And that, like. It's, it's, it's like so trying. Tough. It's like as a parent, it's it's picking your favorite child. Like, um, <laughs> I know it's. And my answer in the end was that if Jurassic Park is one hundred, yeah, then the Lost World is like ninety nine point nine okay. seven. Like, I don't know. It's just it's, it's it. It's how iconic that first Jurassic Park score is, because yeah. every other films in the franchise's score builds off of that. Mm-hmm. And because and the fact that without that score you wouldn't have a lot of these themes you wouldn't have yeah, a lot would the of movie this. even be as as successful yeah like... that that gives value so much value to it for me the, the timelessness the the iconicness and that everything builds on it so. yeah yeah I think like you can say maybe in terms of what is better I I think I could definitely lean towards Jurassic Park but what is my favorite. I just, I think, and I, I struggle with this with the movies themselves, to be honest, like the, the first two movies. I flip-flop. I go back and forth in my mind, like, mm-hmm. which movie do I like better? Because Jurassic Park is so iconic, and the score is the same way. They're both so iconic. But The Lost World hit me at a right time where I was, like, 12 years old, and it was just huge for me. Everything, the the merchandise, the the way that they were marketing it, the look, the style, and then that score. Like, the CD itself was one of the coolest, like, cases for a CD you could ever own. I have no doubt. <laughs> it's, did, you, did you have that one or no? No, I didn't have it's, the original one. It's impressive. If anybody doesn't know, it, it's basically, it was like during that time period where they're like, we don't want to do jewel cases anymore. We just want to have these paper cases or like the like cardboard <laughs> cases yeah so they're like the more like papery plastic or whatever they are but this one unfolds into like four or so different like quadrants and has all these pop-up like dinosaurs mm-hmm. all over the place and it's so cool 
it's like literally one of the coolest things. I actually have it still in my office, still displayed with everything opened up. Like, uh, I, I just love everything about what the Lost World was doing during the time period. So I think that plays into the factor of like, which movie do I like more? And which mm-hmm. score do I like more? And, and just because of how impactful that was for me during that time. So, yeah. but I think I can easily say that's my favorite score. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't even have to go off of much because I don't necessarily think there's a wealth of amazing tracks in there. I know that sounds a little poor. I don't, I don't, I don't mean <laughs> it in, in like a slight or anything, but I think alone with like Malcolm's journey and stuff like that, it's, it's good enough for me. Oh yeah. And like just the, like conclusion at the end, it's just, there's so like that last track or I think it's the last one. It's just got so much stuff in it. Like it's incredible. No, and that, that's the, the thing about those two scores, first of all, is that they're so different. Mm-hmm. They're not similar at all. But the only times that The Lost World really uses those main Jurassic Park themes are, like, at the end. Mm-hmm. And a little bit in the T-Rex in San Diego sequence. But, yeah. yeah. The thing I love about that is, like you said, it's so different. Um, I love how dark it is, and it sets the entire mood for that movie. Because that movie starts with just a black screen that just extends and extends and extends for so long. And you're like, when is this movie going to start? And it, it starts off with that low, like that low, just, I don't know what instrument it is, it's but it's rumbling. just it's just rumbling and then just like, and then it just grows. And it just sounds so evil and just scary. It's really painting a picture for this other island that you don't know anything about. It's so mysterious it kind of loses that mystery, I think, in Jurassic Park 3. But the way John Williams paints the picture is it's so mysterious. Yeah. So you're you're siding with Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. So And the thing is, I was going to say, factoid about Caleb. <laughs> when I was growing up, after I... So the, the, the first time I saw Jurassic Park, the moment it ended, I remember... It was a time when I had to go to a computer to Google. I couldn't do it on my cell phone. Um, <laughs> I went and Googled Jurassic Park 2 because I just wanted to know if there were sequels. And I was ecstatic when I found out that The Lost World and Jurassic Park 3 existed. Like, <laughs> there's more movies like this? <laughs> you discovered two at once. That's yeah, crazy. Like, that, like <laughs> the love began. Yeah. Um, no, but and the reason I tell that story is because I I didn't watch The Lost World that day, I, but I watched it soon after, and mm-hmm. The Lost World was my favorite movie, like of any movie, and in the Jurassic Park franchise for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And then later, I kind of gravitated back towards Jurassic Park just because yeah. of its classic. Yeah, but, yeah. You can't and, but deny. the same thing happens with the scores. Like, I mean, talk to me in a year, and I may say The Lost World. So. <laughs> Do you think the, any of the new ones uh, can touch those at all? Or do you think um, those are just in their own category? Uh, and this is a fun conversation we can have later, but uh, in depth. But um, I think that, I don't know, like, they are their own thing. And that's what I love about them, mm-hmm. is that they are starkly different from what John Williams does. They they use some of John Williams' themes. They do some some similar things, but... On, they're on their own. They they stand alone, and I like that. Yeah. It's not they're not just copycats of the other scores because that 
I feel like if they were just trying to copy the other scores, I I wouldn't like them at all. So, okay. So copycats. Um, yeah, you you've got these new Jurassic stories. You can't just do the same old no, music. You know no. What I mean? And like, Giacchino took it to uh, kind of like a Lost World style level with the Jurassic change. Right. In in Fallen Kingdom, like, completely is is different and so. It, it's kind of like a horror movie in a way. Oh, yeah. Like all these themes are very uh, horrific sounding and just big and, and and bombastic in a different way than, say, Jurassic Park 3. Yeah, and I think like Jurassic World and Fallen Kingdom are starkly different as films. Mm-hmm. And those two scores are like on opposite sides of the spectrum as far <laughs> yeah. as film music goes because Jurassic World is... Is orchestral. It's nice. It's pretty. There's there's some suspenseful, a little bit of scary music. Yeah. But Fallen Kingdom takes the things that weren't very much in Jurassic World: the the horror, the suspense, the huge orchestrations that just are massive and thrill you. Like Fallen Kingdom takes that from Jurassic World and just blows yeah. it up. I know he he channeled a lot of like Bernard Herrmann and stuff like that, right? Like yeah. Before... So before the film came out, Giacchino did an interview and he talked about the score and he said that there, he him and uh, Bayona's goal when writing the score was to write something that was as if Bernard Herrmann and Igor Stravinsky mm, had okay. a musical baby. <laughs> and when he said that as a musician, like I like passed out on the floor because I was like, this is going to be great. This is like, it, yeah. And just for context, Bernard Herrmann is, did the music for Psycho, Vertigo, all of Hitchcock's films, very, very chilling and creepy music. And Igor Stravinsky is famous in the musical world for writing atonal out of this world, bonkers, just rhythmically and harmonically music. Yeah. And so those two like chilling and harmonically crazy, having a musical baby, like, and then they achieved that with with Fallen Kingdom. Like, yeah, it it was just great. Yeah, so, I, I you know back in the days um, of the Lost World, Jurassic Park three, I didn't really have the opportunity to like, you know, get the preview of this music and and you know before the movie came out sure. and then like analyze these seconds worth of material or or in Jurassic World's case, they actually released a few tracks ahead of time and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I remember how exciting that was when we got those Jurassic World tracks and we we discussed it here on the podcast like. Just we were trying to analyze like what were these from and and the way we talked about how John Williams was pretty descriptive, Jaquino is the same way. He he told those like the story in those songs and we were able to guess like mm-hmm. almost exactly. And I remember like hearing uh, Nine to Survival Job and I'm like, oh, this is definitely the end of the movie. Like there's no doubt this is the end of the movie. And then once you hear that 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 and it's just like that you know extension on the end yeah it's like this is the end and then the credits roll and so, then the next song you just that you just knew it so he's done a great job of being descriptive as well oh yeah and then like following along with uh the social media stuff that like him and bayona and colin probably did you know back uh before fallen kingdom came out like videos of the sessions, the videos yeah the sessions and, and you're just like i play those on loop so many oh times gosh, yeah like Figuring out how does this all connect, yeah. and it was so wild sounding that I just didn't know, and I, I didn't know how to connect anything. Yeah, I I remember vividly the day that those tracks got released from Jurassic World before Jurassic World came out. They mm-hmm. released uh, what's it called? 
the the flying. Oh thing. yeah yeah yeah. Uh, Terra Terrasaur. No something. no no. no. Uh, <laughs> Why can't I think of this Q name? Uh, they released Nine to Survival Job. Yeah. But, uh, also, uh, di- um, Dimorphodon Shuffle. No, something when uh, Claire and Masroni are flying in the helicopter. Why can't I remember the name of that Q? Oh man. Um, it's be- you know what it is. It's the fact that he like names them like you know kind of goofy as names. As the Jurassic World turns. Oh, that one. Okay. Okay. Golly. <laughs> um, that was gonna bug. I was me. thinking more like the horror aspect. Though, I should of, know this. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, as the Jurassic World turns, I list- I remember uh, I was traveling. I was uh, driving on a highway in Texas when I lived there. And it was where I was going. This It was pretty wide open spaces. It was like a sunny day. And I, re- I like, was enthralled by that cue because it was yeah. just perfect for, for traveling, like, yeah. beautiful spaces. I was like, I didn't know what, you know, what it was going to go with in the film necessarily. Mm-hmm. But I was like, it was just perfect for that. But um, funny story about Nine to Survive the Job. When I first listened to that, I did not like it. Oh really? No, and I I didn't like perceive that it was going to be at the end. I was like, what? Like, <laughs> what is this? And um, but the speaking to Jakino's abilities, like when nine Dis- the moment when nine to survival job is cued in Jurassic yeah. World, perfect. Yeah, it's so good. And when I when I heard it and saw it in the film, loved it. I was mm-hmm. like, completely changed my tune on that cue. But it it's 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 very like warming and you feel fulfilled at the end of that movie you just yeah. see like you know the island and then you see the t-rex coming up and and then just like the moment that like tambourine moment comes in and oh, yeah, it's just so so good and then the roar and everything it's just the perfect way to end a movie like that like mm-hmm. it was beautiful and and as the Jurassic world turns that was i think another one that we pretty much guessed spot on was the fact that like this is a travel journey kind of theme and I remember saying like something like I could see them you know introducing things here on the island or you know I think I went a little bit beyond what what they actually did and like showcasing different sections and all this other stuff but go back and listen because it was pretty pretty funny some of the things we got completely wrong (laughs) but um so I'm not 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 too much credit for myself but I, at least those two tracks, I was like, this is definitely what they're going to be. And, yeah. and they did turn out that way. But with, with Fallen Kingdom, I just like, I had no clue how that, and it, except for the fact that, 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 you know, it kind of like, it felt like Jaws. The like, video that Giacchino and Bayona posted of the yeah. session when they were recording that, the, uh-huh. bah, 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 oh yeah. and then it goes all atonal, like, bah, 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 bah. Yeah. like, first listened to that i was like someone is going to die yeah this music is playing like oh my gosh (laughs) so that was yeah that was the thing about that one is i i i kind of guess that maybe with that jaws like mentality that something's lurking something's coming Mm -hmm. that's that's about it like and that's what happened something something was lurking and and the t-rex burst out of nowhere (laughs) but there was like i think um i don't know how they how they chopped that up or anything but then the other part, yeah, with that, with that like very loud moment, I, I kind of, I thought I was hearing people talk about this could be like at the end of the movie or something, like when that somebody my, dies, my like you were like, saying, like they're gonna end this on a cliffhanger, and yeah, someone's gonna die. I honestly thought the same thing so. that this was a cliffhanger moment because it just ends like in such a weird place and such a like minor sound or something, like it just sounded so. Uh, questionable. Like I just didn't know. Yeah. Like what was coming. 
Yeah, uh, and that's that's that Hitchcock and Stravinsky. That's, yeah, that's what that is. Yeah, so. very suspenseful, and I think they did a beautiful job, like including it into like a credit credit sequence too, because like that's not something we were used to getting, and right. that was really cool the way they did that. It felt very monstrous and very just evil and, and everything about it. You're you're essentially it's a monster movie at the end with like a castle and everything. Like you so you're it's just. Dracula or Frankenstein. You no, I was going to say the music helps helps make it gothic horror. Yeah, the music definitely yeah. is is part of that gothic world. Sure. So, so we we've kind of skipped over Jurassic Park three a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that was you know meant to happen or not, but what? Uh... <laughs> Jurassic Park three. What do you think about Jurassic Park um, in terms of the score? What do I think about it? Uh, I like the score. Okay. It it gives me nostalgia. It gives me chills because sure. of those John Williams themes. That little ditty I just played is my favorite part of the score because it's original. It's not. I think that it's like Don, kind of like the family theme, right? Is that the, that yeah, one? It's, yeah. That theme is is cued when the Kirby's are reunited. Yes. That's yeah. when that happens, and it, it just it works it's really really yeah. well. Um, and it's not that I dislike the score. I just think that the composer did too much when trying to emulate and bring back old themes and sure. be, do what John Williams did. I think he should have gone his own direction a little bit. Yeah, so, and I mean, we don't have any idea, like at least right now, what what was the idea behind that? Like, where did, where was his directions coming from? Right. You know, was he told to do most of the stuff? That's Don Davis, and and he did beautiful work. Like the original yeah. stuff. Is is some of the best stuff. In the Jurassic. thing about Jurassic Park three is it it is orchestrated a lot more like the Lost World in Jurassic Park than Jurassic World in Fallen. For sure, Park. yeah, um, and that's a good thing, I think. Not that the way Fallen Kingdom and Jurassic World are orchestrated is bad. Um, it's it's just different, mm-hmm. um, and I think the orchestration. And when I say orchestration, I just mean the instruments involved. There's lots of strings, lots of brass, trumpets, trombones. Um, and that that orchestration just harkens back to Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and the, those things exist in Jurassic World and, Fall, and Fallen Kingdom, but they're just different. Um, yeah, it's definitely you know, something different feeling about it. Yeah. And honestly, when I first heard like the Jurassic World stuff, I thought it doesn't sound as as real, like as grounded of an orchestra to me. Well, it's just I think I, I don't think know what why. you're hearing is it's not as it's not quite as thickly orchestrated it's not not quite as thick sure and maybe um, i know like one of the things that always gets to me is like back back in the day like and sometimes you get it now but you could hear the room mm-hmm. you know you, you don't necessarily hear the room a lot today i don't no, think um the beauty of older film scores jurassic park um star wars is that mm-hmm. On those recordings, you hear the you hear the room like you said, but you also hear the musicians moving a little bit. You hear them breathing. Yeah. It gives it it gives it sort of yeah. an organic, I love that warm feeling. Um, and Jurassic World, you don't hear that as much. It's not orchestrated as thickly, but Fallen Kingdom is a lot thicker mm-hmm. orchestration. You you hear some breathing. You hear the room. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, I definitely they recorded that at Abbey Road. Uh, I think so. Um, I think, yeah, and I think they definitely did Battle Epic Rock over there too, right? And that, and I mean, that just that also speaks to Abbey Road because sure. it's just a great place to record music. 
Um, and another thing we should probably say about film scores is that after the composer writes the music, after it's recorded, there's an audio engineer. There's, in fact, there's lots of audio engineers. There's lots of cooks in the kitchen who, who do who do things to the audio. They put reverb on it. They put yeah. effects on it. They do things like that. And so that's that's another thing that makes these scores sound the way they do. That's that's probably part of why Jurassic World sounds a little bit different. Could have mm-hmm. been an audio engineer. Could have been, sure, sure. You know, Trevorrow could have said, oh, I, I want it to sound this way. And so they made it sound that way. And yeah. Bayona wanted it to sound bigger and thicker, so they made it sound that way. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's like, you know, we, we already talked about, like, where do you go from there? Because those two scores are so different. And we, we don't have any examples to go off of, really, because we didn't have that John Williams following through in the third film. Right. So yeah. what does Giacchino do? I don't know. But I don't, I don't think he's going to copy anything from Jurassic Park 3. I think that's kind of a solo venture at this point. Yeah. I can't really see, unless they were to, to take that family dynamic from the score there and, 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 and attribute it to Claire, Owen, and Maisie, that could be something interesting, you know? Sure. I mean, they, I mean, the Jurassic World theme is sort of associated with the whole family element. Sure. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, but I mean, yeah. And that's the thing about Jurassic Park three. Um, as a Jurassic Park fan, I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's one of my children, but um, <laughs> like they're just as far as score is concerned, there's not much original content you can pull from that to mm-hmm. use later. Yeah, it, it, yeah. Some of the stuff that you know, there's a bits bits where they're in the um, the facility, the, like the lab there, mm-hmm. and they're, they're he does a great <laughs> job of copying like the the smaller like the quieter aspects of John Williams. Mm-hmm. For me, it's it's the parts where he goes wild and extrapolates on what John Williams did. That that doesn't really catch me too much, but those quieter moments he does really well. Oh, um, yeah. the when they in Jurassic Park 3 when they walk in the raptor room, mm-hmm. that music is Oh, it's great. It, well, it's the exact same thing as when Alan Ellie and Ian yeah. see the raptor hatching mm-hmm. in Jurassic Park. It's the exact same music. Yeah. I mean, subtly different sure the exact sure. same thing um and he did that really well but you're right like when he tries to go all bombastic and and wild it just feels a little bit too much exactly and i mean it's kind of just the movie in general um just it just felt very different for me um nowadays it sort of feels more in line yeah. but maybe that was just the times you know like back then it just felt very different but nowadays yeah. it feels more in line with the original too uh, so all three of those together feel somewhat cohesive, and and right. now the you know the the new series stands out a bit different. Yeah, I mean it's it's the filmic style, it's it's mm-hmm. the scores that make make those three feel like they're together, and then we've got a new new filmic style and new scoring style on the on the yeah. trilogy. Yeah, and we have no idea. Like right now, we have no idea what's going to happen next. And there, uh, what was funny? This is a tangent, but what was funny was that. When they announced the big three coming back, they didn't refer to it as a trilogy. They said saga. Yeah, yeah. They said the third chapter. Third the chapter saga. of the saga. Like, like, oh, that's very, very interesting. And I think, I think it opens up the door, you know, for people like Amy Doherty who scored Battle at Big Rock. To praise, praise be to Amy Doherty. Yeah, she did a fabulous job. But oh, for know. sure. Like, but it opens up the door for people like her. Yeah. To continue on because maybe we maybe this is the end of what we know mm-hmm. but not the end of the story yeah. you know mm-hmm. per se so i think it opens up the door for other people to come in and experiment yeah i mean and this is the last thing i'll say but i would love like 
a new story about the world being completely back to caveman times. Oh um, man, with new characters. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, same same Crichton esque concepts. Sort. I mean, same feel to the story, but like new characters surviving in a new world, completely sure. separate. It would be awesome. I like so, that. I, I like that. I I wonder. I wonder if they'll go that route. I think there's plenty of stories to tell from that point on. Well, but, Tre- Trevor um, said the other day, he's like, if the audience demands, we provide. So. <laughs> we demand it. Colin, if you're listening, we want it more. It's on the record. <laughs> we demand. So I want to go ahead and um, play some tracks here um, that interest us, at least. So <laughs> we, we kind of uh, grouped together a few different tracks here. Maybe we'll... I don't know. You think we'll commentate over them and just kind of talk about them? Sure, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, where do you want to start? Do you want to start kick off with one of yours? Do you have one that you want to do? You want to go back to Jurassic Park? Uh, yeah, I was gonna say let's let's talk about Journey to the Island. All right, let's do it. So I'm not gonna introduce my podcast like I usually do here. <laughs> um, this music right here that's happening is just. Just perfect, just glorious. He's and he's not do. John Williams is not writing anything specific here. He's totally sort of writing some ran, very random musical things that yeah. just underscore the travel. Yeah, exactly. They keep, they keep your attention enough, but they don't distract you. Exactly. It's it's very light. It's very you know. It feels like airy and stuff because you are flying and traveling, and it, it allows the characters to just discuss what's going on like it's it's background at this point in time but it's so background that we've just come to love it so much like i I can describe every phrase from this song oh yeah it's it's happy it's joyous we're we're lighthearted right now and it's great yeah And and the coolest thing i think about this track is how much of a journey this song goes on like we're still kind of in the same element right here nothing has really changed too much but it goes, it goes everywhere, and you don't really get that a lot in music where the song is the song you hear in the movie, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's, it's seven, eight minutes yeah. of... This is the cue. The yeah, it, this is the... Like, you see the island. Like, there it is. It really it describes it perfectly. <laughs> There's that theme, like... Yeah, like I was saying, people refer to this one usually as the island theme. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of it as the Jurassic Park theme, usually. But, yeah. Um, and this is just... I have chills. <laughs> I see him. I Brad, see him. <laughs> Brad can attest. I'm holding up my arm. Goose, goosebumps. Goosebumps. Every time. It's just glorious. Yeah. And, and uh, this. My, my favorite moment of this cue comes up in a second. So I think about it again. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I love how it, it was adventurous and it's kind of taken a back seat again just to let. Like people do their thing, figure out how to buckle seatbelts. Yeah, we, we've got some dialogue going on right here. Grant's trying to figure out his seatbelt. We've landed by the time we get it right. Yeah. Um, life finds a way. Seatbelts find a way. Um, Very adventurous. Helicopters descending again. Definitely building. Mm-hmm. Building. I love how like deep some of those like drum hits and everything. It just oh, like it, it really makes it feel rumbles. so large. And yeah, just epic. 
you haven't even seen a dinosaur yet, but that feels big, and yeah. you feel like the struggle in the helicopter as they're like <laughs> jostling around. Yeah, favorite moment right here, hang on. right here, is when Hammond comes out of the helicopter and he sees his his creation. He is, has his cane and he is so proud. And yeah. it's just beautiful. It's so it's incredible. Like, <laughs> and this this is one of my favorite moments too. Is, is the second these jeeps get going, and you're on this like. Just a little journey, you know. Totally just, different just, musical style. Yeah. Snap. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it gives them, you know, time to breathe because it's not too, you know, loud or in your face or anything. So there's a lot of conversation going on and uh, a lot of kind of telling, like, what what's the struggle behind Jurassic Park in this moment? Something about this, the, these notes in the background. Oh, we're and not pulling up to the brachiosaur yet. Hammond and Gennaro are talking. Yeah, about. they're talking about the, um, like the uh, intricacies of the island, and it feels very, um, kind of corporate and and electronic because they're talking about the fences and all this stuff. So some of those things like sound like, almost like gadgets going off and things like I don't know. Something about it just feels descriptive to me. Yep. Hammond just said in forty-eight hours I'll be accepting the apology. <laughs> Now we're heading towards stop, the stop, 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 stop. You hear yep. the, t- the tires squealing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the beep. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just like wondering oh. what's happening. The anticipation. Like the music is describing there the anticipation. Yeah. It, you know, this moment has become such a, a meme at mm-hmm. this point. You know, you forget sometimes how impactful it is, but like it's become a meme just seeing them take off the sunglasses and turn the heads and yeah. just this this helps. You know, you don't get this in a meme, but this helps oh, grow. Yeah. Alan grabs Ellie's head. Now here's what we were talking about before. Referred to in the film music world as the hymn theme. Brad and I are both just quiet with smiles on our yeah. faces right now. Like, <laughs> it's just glorious music. And such awe. You know, people the way people used to use the word awesome, like you are full of awe. Yeah. Before this this music describes that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it I can't tell you how many times I've listened to it, but I still feel it. Like Yeah, but this, I think this is what people, at least in my mind, most identify is that tune that, that just passed. And this right here, it's it's like... Brachiosaurus comes back down. I kind of wish that there was like a, a, you know, a concert bass hit right there. Mm-hmm. But but you you hear it, there's not because you hear it in the movie. It would, yeah, uh, the sound effects. Mu- it would be too much probably at that moment because... You hear the Brachiosaurus fall, but when I'm listening to like the the, the piece here, I just kind of want that impact because it just feels natural. Oh, yeah.
Yeah, it just really <clears throat> like speaks to the beauty of the dinosaurs. You know, yeah, you see that that full shot oh, yeah. of, of the, the the lake there, and then the parasaurs and the brachiosaurs, oh, yeah. birds flying around. That moment just now was a chorus moment. That high chorus, mm-hmm. one of the only times you really hear chorus in this ah. score. I'll show you. And this is like. Another really interesting cue. Musicals change in a snap. Yeah. Very marchy, militaristic, like we're headed to see the inner workings of this thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. You feel like, okay, kinda yeah, it definitely feels militaristic and serious. It it almost kind of feels like what you hear in, in Jurassic World kind of stuff now with like the engine themes yeah, with and the stuff engine, like that. Yeah, like, that's a good point. But you get that like it feels like very quizzical, like Question on, like the, the team is questioning like what what How is this, is this what possible? is yeah yeah we're inside the visitor center for a second here get the Jurassic Park from the mm-hmm. I love I love the lead in to them sitting down into those theater seats like this music here yeah it just goes low yeah yeah it's like very concerning. For, it is. For, it's it's for ominous. For what reason, a bit. though? Like, why? Because it's not necessarily an ominous moment, but I guess this whole thing is ominous. Like this. Yeah, and oh, this is one of those tracks that incredible piece of music. On yeah, on this score, um, the the original score, because there's been several uh, renditions of it now. But um, oops, I'm gonna keep playing music here. But um, the like the original one has a few tracks where you hear the the those parts of the song throughout the movie, not necessarily in one go. But right. this one is just all in one go, and it's just so awesome. Okay. Usually, when that happens, it's like a 10, 12 minute piece, a concert piece, or something like that that doesn't necessarily fit into the movie, right. or it's like in the credits or something, and it's still chopped up. Mm-hmm. But this start to finish, like. With so many different variations in there, it's oh yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, so much of John Williams' music can just be pulled out and played in concert like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the tracks on the Jurassic Park score, they're they're edited into different segments and viewed all over the film. Yeah, let's move on to the the second one here. All right, uh, still sticking with Jurassic Park. I guess we'll go down the line. Yeah. Um, so this is remembering Pedico Lane. This is so good. I almost don't even want to talk. (laughs) Hammond is describing his dream and the prospect of its failure, and it just yeah. The other emotional. The other day, I did a recording, and we were asked about our favorite non-human. No, no, I'm sorry, non-dinosaur scenes. And I had to exclude this one because this is such an easy given, and we talk about this yeah. one a lot. Yeah, yeah. But this is this has to be honestly the best scene. It could be the best scene. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't even have to have dinosaurs in it, but it's it's like the best scene in a movie. It's just like they could have done that 
scene of him talking about that a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. But they chose to instead of portraying Hammond as this, you know, this this greedy guy who wants mm-hmm. to bring people into his park, it's he just has a dream to to make people happy. Yeah, and it's misguided, it's <laughs> misguided dream, but, and and aim not devoid of merit. Sure, as he as he says, and it's very sentimental. This whole track is yeah. sentimental of the past and what could have been and. It's a little dark. Yeah, uh, the uh, the glockenspiel there, that, that little melody that it's playing, which is a little difficult, and I'm not going to try. <laughs> but uh, it's very. Hammond's talking about his flea circus, yeah. and that the tonality of the musical tonality of that melody is very much like circus music. But it's yeah. it's somber and it's emotional. Sure. And so it's like you opened a, a music box and like exactly. you just yeah. hear it. You hear you see the carousel spinning and just like which plays to the scene even more because a music box, a flea circus, it's, it's mm-hmm. entertaining. Yeah, yeah, just to make you happy. So. Yeah, and he's getting a lot of backlash from Ellie, and um, she's trying to just you know speak her truth about this whole situation, and mm-hmm. comes through in the music for sure. And it's funny how much like. I don't I feel have like... enough respect for that power. It's, <laughs> it's out, out now. now. Yeah. But there's a lot of... I feel like there's a lot of Maisie in this, too. Like, it, it kind of sounds very similar to that. Like, the, some of the vibes we get in Fallen Kingdom. I'll speak to that. So, <laughs> the music the music box, the glockenspiel uh-huh. element. If you think about a music box, you, the human, are in control of that. You're turning a little thing. Yeah. You can play music, which is like the creators of... The dinosaurs, John Hammond, mm-hmm. were the creators of Maisie. They were in control of their yeah. of their little thing. And so, That's pretty powerful, man. I never yeah. really thought about it. I haven't it. thought about it that way either until just now. <laughs> you just did it. It's a beautiful. You just came thing. through with some For, breaking I mean, news here. That that's yeah. That's actually really yeah. This, she's kind of like just the pawn in everybody's scheme. Mm-hmm. I mean, as are the dinosaurs. Dinosaurs too. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. We, we've we, we're breaking some it's ground here. Stuff, this is good. good. So, all right, so those are some tracks from Jurassic Park. Now, let's move on to The Lost World. Now, I I am specifically picking out, um, we wanted to discuss Malcolm's journey, um, but I chose this one track here. It's called To the Island. It's from the La La Land version. So I think it's just... Extended score. Yeah, so yeah, from uh, this 2016 album. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, when I said La La Land, I didn't necessarily mean like the movie, <laughs> you know, like that movie. It's not like a musical or anything. We are, but We are on a mission to tie Jurassic Park to every other film genre possible. Yeah, so I was like, forget about Lost World. Let's listen to, to whatever their names are, sing songs. Um, La La Land. But it has some great music too, oh, by the yeah. way. Um, but this is called To the Island. So it's, it's basically Malcolm's journey. Um, just I think without the ending maybe okay um, cool. I forget we'll, we'll check it out yeah it's so good it's so it's just the word mysterious comes to mind because it's so much more mysterious than any. This is in the, the beginning stages of, of the film. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there, they're working not, in the. There's that. not something that is, is this type of mysterious in the mm-hmm. beginning of Jurassic Park. It's a different type of mysterious. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, especially when this. It sounds like Jumanji, but like. It does you get a that, bit, like. Yeah. 
just it's so everything about this is so mysterious from the workshop to the the map on the wall of the, the rv and now you've beautiful shot wide shot of the the, the ocean there and and the, the the boat the boat just streaking through the ocean oh man and you just you still don't know anything about this island really uh outside of what was told It's always the music is always moving upward. It's always oh, yeah. going somewhere. It's perfect. Feels very like tribal or you know very primal. primal. Yeah, watery too. It's very, it, yeah, it's very, like instantly you go like back to this har- the, the harp, harp and yeah. the strings. I love that harp bit because it feels like because they're still on the water and there still feels very you know <laughs> in the film music world the harp is the instrument of <laughs> of beauty it's the instrument of water uh-huh. and it's the instrument of mystery so all three of those things over oh, here sure. <laughs> but there's a bit of comedy too in this in this a little bit yeah so they're they're kind of playing off with these higher those woodwinds yeah kind of, sort of whimsical yeah so. You just have that ever-present just drumming in the background, too. Still yeah. going. We were talking earlier about some of this music sounding a little bit like Indiana Jones type, mm-hmm. adventure type stuff. Some of this is that way. Yeah, it's definitely. So. It's the just adventure. And I had this debate recently. Once Battle at Big Rock came out and we, we got that, like, Lost World adventure, you know, in there. What is the, what is the theme? What is What does it mean now? Like, because to me... I guess it just means just a you know a world full of dinosaurs that are um, not contained. You know, I guess that's pretty much it. I always kind of associated it with Sorna. And yeah, I I think I would associate it with just a a place where dinosaurs roam free, mm-hmm. which is the whole world now. At the time, it was yeah. just Sorna. Yeah, this is the best. Being... I love love that little tambourine. Oh, it's so good. I love the, like the syncopation of that. Like, oh yeah. Another instance of music being cut up. This music is when they think there's a fire at base camp. Yep. And this is where this one cuts off. I think in. Yeah, I think in the other version, doesn't it? Go into it like goes the copies, I think, or something like it's that. It's some low string okay. music, yeah. Um, so. But that that's definitely one of my favorites, and I know we added this one. Well, might as well just roll right yeah, into sure, it. Yeah, sure. This is this is my out of the first two films scores. This is my personal favorite cue, Visitor in San Diego. Wow, out of the first film two. Out of the wow. first two scores. Okay, that's that's some high praise. This cue is organized musical chaos. Mm-hmm. And it builds to that. It's it doesn't just it doesn't just in your face start off with that. It builds very up scary to too. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. Those trilled strings. There's a lot of scary bits um, in this score. This is one of the only cues, and it may be the only cue, if my memory serves me, where the Jurassic Park theme is instead of being in a major key, it's in a minor key. Mm-hmm. So which makes it dark. So Lost World theme. <laughs> So messed up sounding. Yeah, like it sounds Very so bad. Augmented, tweaked. So you're you're a fan of the T Rex visiting San Diego? Oh, I love that. Okay, that was, good. 
that was why the Lost World was my favorite of the franchise when I was a kid because it was like yeah. dinosaurs in the city like chasing people like this is awesome it's so divisive it's crazy oh, it is, how, yeah. how, how many people dislike the movie because of this moment mm-hmm. you know they, they got through some of the other stuff that may be hard to, to get by but right. you get here and it's like I don't know what it is but I have never seen it in a poor light so it's always been awesome to me I love it um and I love it for a lot of reasons, but one reason I love it is because Spielberg was trying to like emulate King Kong yeah. coming back yeah. to New York City. And I love that aspect of it. Yeah, the SS uh, Venture, like uh-huh. there's <laughs> yep. the, especially this doom 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 doom. Which is similar to the music from King Kong. Yeah. I mean, these timpanis just like Is this now is this Don Williams playing these timpanis probably? I, I know. Probably. Yeah. get that sense of urgency you know this is like it's oh, it's, it's so, so march-like and it's like something is coming toward you uh-huh. after you so it's this, just when this butts in here out of nowhere Jurassic Park theme in minor um so good this is because I love the aspect of theme in minor because it's like humans are seeing dinosaurs but it's not in an awestruck way it's in a yeah completely terrified way yeah. in, in where they live. But it just keeps the pace moving because they're on a constant constant chase, you know, to mm-hmm. to get that baby Rex and yep. to travel across the city, get back to the dock. Stayed in the dam. <laughs> Like, I know how comical and silly it is, but the the gas station ball rolling past them, I just roll on the ground laughing. It's so good. I love it. So different sounding, too, right here. Now, this is... This is that moment with the Afghanistan. Yeah. This is chaos, like Jurassic Park 3, but done so well, I think. So, so, Oh, yeah, well, it's... You know? It's... The reason it's organized musical chaos done well is because it's unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Jurassic Park 3 is predictable a little bit when it gets chaotic. Sure. It's trying to sound like John Williams. This is just John Williams being a genius. And <laughs> like, the, if, you, if you listen closely, the, the music is moving all over the orchestra. One second it's percussion, then it's brass, yeah. then it's strings, then it's something else, then it's something else. And it's just chaos. I think... I can easily say that this is his most underrated work. Like, this oh, yeah. album, this whole blank thing, it's just... No, he does not get enough credit because Jurassic Park comes first. Mm-hmm. In, in every, well, you know, Schindler's List and, and everything else. Like, so many things come first before this. And to me, this is this is so beautiful. Like, it gives you that sense that, like, things are going wrong, things are being crashed into, things are breaking, falling apart, like, just things happening everywhere. Yeah. yeah 
And if you think about the musicians who are, who are playing this at the time, these are not simple rhythms. They are all no. over the place. So it's just like, it's wild. We finally start to <laughs> calm down a little bit. <laughs> this music is actually before the other section because this is when the T-Rex looks at them at the gas station. Oh. I love that that piano in there. Just dun 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 Timpani's doubling it. Yep. It kind of feels, honestly, it feels like a very Star Wars cue in here. A little bit. You know, yeah. I, I, uh, from maybe the prequel days. You know, I could see them oh, yeah. jumping around on, you know, some planet from car to car. Like. Oh, yeah, I think, and I think part of why you're feeling that way is because it's so brassy. Mm-hmm. So much. Yeah. I love like how wild it gets again too. The mm-hmm. sections are coming in. Yeah, it sounds like it random. John Williams wrote it that way, but it's meant to sound random. It's mm-hmm. using the chaos. Word. Chaos. <laughs> he he is such an action hero and and Sarah too like the two of them like yeah. I I buy it I know a lot of people don't buy it but I, it gets me Yeah, this is the kind of stuff I want Jakino to channel for, mm-hmm. for the next, you know, the next movie when they're running around houses on rooftops, and, <laughs> you know, yeah. sim- simulating that moment from this movie, The Lost World, in the worker village and kind of stuff like that. I want to see stuff like that. Get Jurassic Park three up. Let's do it. We only have one cue from this, <laughs> so yes. I mean, it's my favorite cue from that film. Mine too. So you, yeah, you picked this one, and I'm like, you know, I'm just gonna go with the same one. Herbie Pentopolis. <laughs> if I had just played that, <laughs> that is honestly that is an interesting thing to to talk about too. Like that, that is such an iconic like ringtone. You know? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, such a like unforgettable few notes. At this point in the film, the two groups are, are separated. It feels a little John Williams in here. Mm-hmm. I actually have it listed as John Williams, apparently, in my computer here. Really? <laughs> I don't know why.
I love how warm everything feels, though. Like, like with the horns, it just feels like comforting. These little string things there, those are good. Those are John Davis being himself. You know, I don't, I don't know if I really know too much about the rest of his work. He's done a lot of random things. Um, he did Superman Returns. The Superman oh, really? From like okay. 15 years ago. Again, channeling John Williams. Another, like, <laughs> yeah, sequel to John Williams. Um, they start hearing, uh, what are their names? Paul and Amanda. And like, Paul yeah, and Eric. Eric. Yeah, there's a lot of excitement in the movie as they're running and, and, yeah, and just trying to find each other. And... But I think, like, while this part sort of sounds like he's channeling John Williams, it, he definitely strays from that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Right here. Yeah. Here it is. They hear each other and start to run. Sounds so unlike Jurassic. This theme is is associated with the Kirby family. Yeah. Here we go into brass. I think why it doesn't sound Jurassic at first is because it's in the strings. Maybe, yeah. Those high strings. I think just something about the whole theme. I, I absolutely love this. Don't get me wrong, but it, oh, yeah. it feels very unlike Jurassic. Maybe it's because it's like, feels like a family m- movie or something. It's, I don't know. It it's feels honestly, different. It's it's more of a melody, like a, it's more melodic uh-huh. than a theme. So I think it just feels a little more down to earth. Yeah. It very slow slowed it down quite a bit in there, mm-hmm. and when you slow it down, it almost does kind of replicate like the the Jurassic Park theme in a way. It's sort of, yeah. But, uh... Here's when the uh, Spinosaurus shows up behind him. Just, uh, stalking. (laughs) 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 Alright, so let's move on to Jurassic World. I have, um... Let's see, we have a few different, um... We'll go from the beginning here and listen to As the Jurassic World Turns. This this one is, is great. I listen to this almost every time I am flying, traveling somewhere as the plane plane takes off. It's just (laughs) perfect. You know when you hear this, it's like very interesting you're just trying to figure out what it is what's going on oh yeah we were talking about how this sounds different from Jurassic Park and I think something to talk about is this is it's, the audio is mixed differently than the Jurassic Park scores brass is very present strings are not not as present as no Such a beautiful theme here. It's it's very grand, and they use it in so many ways in this movie too. Not just like 
you know, I guess they say they do the same thing in Jurassic Park, where they utilize it in such different That's dynamics true. and different, you know, situations. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the first sitting in a movie theater in 2015. This is the first time we've seen a dinosaur park on the screen. In, yeah, in a long time. And operating, like mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. working. You get like this. This is what gave me the vibes of like. Things are working out. They, they're, they're giving off the tour, the grand tour of the island, and oh, yeah. showcasing what this thing is capable it's of. It's very and, like, you know, uh, wonderful theme mm-hmm. music. It's it's just meant to make you feel yeah. at home and, and happy that that you're there. I honestly so, wish they gave us more in-world theme park music because there is there are there a few is tracks a bit, yeah. like yeah. which is amazing to hear the what they're hearing. Yeah, too. yeah. Which is heard in the lab of overtures heard diegetically in, mm-hmm. in the film. Yeah, I love that. But just like Journey to the Island, they're they're giving people time to speak, <laughs> you know, time to breathe here because it's so so quiet. Mm-hmm. Go to the beach. Get some sun. <laughs> And this this track is just constantly moving too with do 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 yeah. Pulsing a little bit. Sounds like a bassoon to me. That strings going on and the pulsing woodwind still going on. Yeah, they're they're keeping the pace moving, but also it feels very like half timey, like where you're just kind of like laid back. This track is cut up a little bit differently too in the movie, right? It's not. It does not play fully through. It's not super chopped up. No, it's it's edited a little bit. Just because there are some. Yeah. Just uh, this sort of mood here just goes on for a long time. It does, as yeah. As we have conversations and as we're traveling, and, right? Yeah, but it's become something that's like iconic as well with with the rest of the the scores. Mm-hmm. I think you know these these moments uh, that are leading up to those big moments in this song. It's mm-hmm. like the big moments are pretty iconic. You could you could compare this mood right here to the mood when they're in the helicopter. Yeah, exactly. Park. It's just lighthearted, uh-huh. sort of you know traveling transition. Yeah. So here we go. And it's just something I never expected to hear, like back in 2015. Yeah. Leading right into this. I was overjoyed. When I oh yeah. This for the first time, I was like, Jurassic Park theme. French word.
Yep. <laughs> that one uh, is just so good. It's so good. So let's move on to something that's very different, this I one? think. All right. Ah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're going to get in that there. One? Yeah. Okay. Gonna start chasing some dragons. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. It's and it my feels very favorite, Lost World. Favorite scene of the movie for me personally. Favorite cue of the movie for me. I yeah. I think um, I think it has to be uh, one of my favorite scenes as well. Especially like I know a lot of people complain about the way it looks visually uh, with the Raptors next to Owen, but for me, that one moment where. The camera is in the center of the road on the ground, essentially. And the raptors just stampede straight yeah. past the camera, and it shakes and vibrates. It's awesome. It's so good. And this music, it's so good. I, uh, I gave a presentation of the analysis of this score mm-hmm. in undergrad. And uh, this this theme was like my argument for this movie is awesome. <laughs> like Because it's like, you're you're cool but you're not Owen Grady riding your motorcycle in the middle of a pack of raptors cool yeah like and the music is just like <laughs> badass like and you called it before Fallen Kingdom huh like you know it's like what what's the line where uh, him and uh, Franklin are oh he's like uh, what does he say he says I uh I don't remember what Franklin says, but then Owen goes, I rode my motorcycle through the jungle <laughs> yeah. jungle with a pack of raptors he's like we are not we are compatible, not compatible. <laughs> And the end of this cue here pretty much is when they come up on the raptors communicating with the Indominus. Yes. Yeah. Um, which when I watched Jurassic World for the first time in a theater, I remember this was the only plot point that I that I did not expect, that, uh-huh. that the Indominus was part raptor. Okay. And so this, it, it gives me chills right now because like, I just remember being like, oh, like, wow. Like, the, mu- the music is like so uh-huh. it's very chilling. So. Because they, you know, not only did they make this killing machine, they made it even more dangerous mm-hmm. by putting raptors in it. I love the Indominus theme, too. Oh, yeah. It's, it's haunting. It's well, such it's, a haunted creature, you in know? In my musical opinion, it's meant to emulate, emulate the, the raptor theme in Jurassic Park. Huh. Okay. Because so, it's, it's simula- similar four or five notes. Uh-huh. Yeah, not too much going on at the end of this, just keeping you in suspense. Yeah, but really, it's it's that beginning section. I know why they wouldn't tell us what was in that thing. <laughs> um, yeah, this swelling to that moment. That thing's part raptor. Which is is such a great moment, and they don't underscore it with music mm-hmm. during that whole, you know. Well, it's super quiet. Yeah. Engage. Oh wait, there might be. There is actually music there, isn't there? Just, but it's it's yeah. really subtle and quiet. But this one, which is also subtle, survival. subtle and quiet too. Um, I just find it so beautiful. Everything about this. To me, it it would work, and I mean, it's it's sort of like this in the film, but like it just works really well with like sunset. Mm-hmm. Peace, semi-peaceful ending. The dinosaurs are loose on the island, but mm-hmm. it's uh, it's semi-peaceful. Yeah, yeah, they're kind of like saying everything's uplifting, everything's happy, you know, with their families and whatnot. 
Um, so everything's good. But yeah, it's like really not all that good. Things are kind of like a wreck and yeah, I, a mess. And But it's hopeful. It's giving know, you hope. I know a lot of people who don't like ambiguous, open-ended endings mm-hmm. to films, but I think Jurassic World and Fallen Kingdom, Fallen Kingdom obviously, but Jurassic World they both and Fallen Kingdom, they both have very sort of ambiguous, mm-hmm. open sure. endings. And yeah, because so, they could go anywhere. Exactly. And so, and this, the music for that is not, you know, it's not super serious. It's very just yeah, open and it does it well. So what are we doing now? <laughs> Probably stick together. For survival. For survival. Scorpion. Yeah, so it's basically just what we heard, you know, in in the other one, but uh, just much much more subdued. Very different musically from the Jurassic Park. It's not, it's not very much. It's not really a fan favorite. It's more, 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 more. Yeah. Love, love the the drums, the yeah, uh, tambourine there, fanfare here. Visual, so visual. Oh, great visual. You can hear that Rex just Roaring. screaming right there. Yeah. Straight into her. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Jurassic perfect. Movie. That is, yeah, that's one of my favorites, I think, out of any of the new music. Uh, for sure, that's that's been one of my favorites. Um, Shall we move on? To let's move on to Fallen Kingdom. <clears throat> now, we'll start at the beginning. I, I added this one in here. This title makes me Jurassic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so this is uh, the name pretty of this much... segment. <laughs> this music makes me Jurassic. <laughs> There's, that's a good. That's a good name. It is a good name. That's a good name. This is the video that Bayona and Jikino tweeted out. Yeah, feel you feel like or one of them. But yeah, yeah, you feel like this is just Jaws here in a way, just sort of a take on that. Something is approaching you in the dark, and you yeah. don't know where it is. I love where it goes. That first bit was some, like something Bernard Herbin might write for a film. Mm-hmm. This right here is Stravinsky starting okay. to come back in a little bit. It's keeping up that pace. Like, you know that this is an ongoing chase here. Oh, it's, it's pulse pounding. Yeah. Love the changes, like here. Oh. Yeah, this is when he's swinging on the ladder. Yeah. But it moves. <laughs> I love it. it. Feels like a, a news segment or something like that. Kind oh, of yeah. like. There's a segment, uh, another quote-unquote segment coming up in a second that I love. T-Rex is chewing on the ladder. 
right here. The ladder finally breaks. And yeah. He thinks he's safe. He's good. He's all good. And the music is hopeful for a yeah. second. And then... Uh, nope. <laughs> shoot. <laughs> You're not safe. Nope. And it's very creepy. The Indominus Rex theme mm-hmm. comes in here. But, like, very still messed up sounding, like... Snare drum makes it kind of militaristic engine-type mm-hmm. music. Here I go. Oh, I, oh, I remember the first time I watched this in the theater. It was just... Yeah. Woo. And the the uh, the title card with the theme oh, here. So good. Yeah, this great. is such a monster movie. Oh, my gosh. This is just epic, bombastic yeah, monster movie music, right? That here. chorus, like yeah, with the chorus. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what they're saying, but it's oh, they're just, just doing chanting, and yeah, yeah, they're chanting. <clears throat> it sounds very like, um, like um, Star Wars in a sense, because oh, yeah. John Williams, there's some of the stuff that he would actually script out, and they they're chanting something, and I just yeah, he wrote like yeah, he took uh, for Star Wars at least he took Aramaic and yeah. like, made up his own language for Duel of the Fates. Yeah, that's exactly um, what I I like want to hear from this, and this sounds so awesome. I love okay. that the chorus is so present in this oh, yeah. one. No, they so that theme is just that interval yeah. right there. But, uh, musically, that's called a tritone. Okay, and back in old music times, the tritone was viewed as an evil musical thing. Like mm-hmm. associated with the devil, like they don't. People don't think that anymore, uh-huh. obviously. But like the fact that that's in there, like oh, yeah. that's just a that's not a very nice, against what you kind of want to hear. Exactly, yeah. it's not a nice sounding interval. And the fact that one it was used to be associated with literally the underworld and <laughs> the devil, and like just the fact the way that sounds, and it's in the main theme of the movie. Like <laughs> it's just great. So, it's so good. Um, next up here we have Jurassic Pillow Talk. Oh yes, this is like I would argue that this is the best cue of the movie. Okay, um, there are others that would that would fight to the death for best cue of the movie. Oh, movie, for right? sure. Yeah, there's this one is just great. And I didn't even put one of my favorites. This is when this is so every, they're starting to unload the yep. dinosaurs into Lockwood Manor. It has that, like, obviously the military sound to it. Sounds like in-gen kind of stuff. on Twitter the other day that, that shot of the Rex oh yeah and this is this that moment is in this uh, queue and I, I replied to your tweet and I was like you're like I don't like this but I was like it's a great <laughs> musical moment though it is it and is a this great is what I was referring to yeah I do yeah I just don't like the way it comes across in the in the movie itself at least the visually oh, yeah. uh, audibly it sounds great yeah Yeah, there's so many tracks in this movie that, like, I could pinpoint because it's 
it's it's varied from the rest of the franchise and it's varied from itself like there's so many interesting unique things going on in this one see the uh, bird's eye view of everything happening. Mm. Mm. That's a load I know there's a there's a lot of confusion in my mind between the I was about themes. To talk about that yeah. in this movie. In my mind, just in from my musical analysis perspective, um, the Fallen Kingdom theme. Just and the reason I say this is because it's it's the music that's under the title card, the mm-hmm. logo uh, that says Fallen Kingdom. But it's the yeah. Yeah, that I would call that the Fallen Kingdom theme. Uh huh. Um, later, this comes in the. Mm-hmm. That I would call the Indoraptor theme. Sure. Yeah. Um, but I the I completely understand the confusion, and I honestly didn't know at first either because those two themes are like. Joined together in mm-hmm. many moments. During yeah, so. yeah. I gotta analyze, analyze it a little bit more because it, I, I remember being so confused with so much of it. So it's something that I think we need to like really dig into. But it's gonna yeah. be a while yeah. <laughs> before we we'll get dig this into problem. Yeah. Um, but this one, this next one here, is uh, world's worst this bedtime storyteller. Do where the where the two themes are joined together. Indirector claw on the roof. Yeah, it's right in the I love this. It's so, so good. So good. It's, it's terrifying. Goth, gothic horror monster movie music. It's fantastic. This is the, the musical child of Bernard and Yeah. It is this. Horus. Horus makes it scary. Mm-hmm. It's just ominous as hell. I think the reason, you know, joining those two themes works is because, like, Fallen Kingdom is about the Indoraptor. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, like, it makes sense that yeah. part of its theme is the Fallen Kingdom theme. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Sure. Yeah, it's kind of like that discussion before about what is the the Lost World theme at this point in time? Like, what does it pertain to? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like the the debate in my head with this movie too is, what is exactly going on here with some of these themes? Sure. Very very creepy, right here. Mm-hmm. 
It's more just like atmosphere it's almost than music. Creeping down into Maisie's bedroom. Yeah. I believe. Again, there's that like kind of music boxy sound. Oh, Kingdom yeah. Kingdom music boxy, yeah. Nothing. Track's still going. Yeah, no, it completely, it completely <laughs> drops out. Just sounds so otherworldly, like totally. Um, yeah, my my favorite you know, thing that came to mind after listening to that cue and watching the movie was like this music and that scene makes it to me feel like the Indoraptor literally came from hell. Like it's mm-hmm. from the it's this very evil monster from the underworld yeah which is i love that that idea is present there. yeah i i uh when we were just listening i downloaded another one because i think this is a cue that i really like here um if i can get this in here for us so this is you can be so hard-headed oh i love that one. i think this is the one i'm thinking of we've talked about this one a little bit This is when Stiggy, Stiggy gets out. Yeah, Stiggy, Stiggy is out and being very hard-headed in the auction room. It's so playful. Like, well, Stiggy is this, you know, mm-hmm. cute. <laughs> yeah. Until it rams you with its head. This is so awesome. This is psycho. Straight oh, up yeah. psycho. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't mean that this like is, it's an adjective. It's straight up from the movie Psycho. For, no, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and Bernard Herrmann uh, and Stravinsky both are famous for this kind of yeah. music. So it's like their baby again. It's so, so horror movie. It's so awesome. Mm-hmm. And because, like, you think about Psycho, it's there's it's all about stabbing. And, 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 yeah. and then you think about Stiggy is straight up stabbing everybody with the horns on its head. Like, it's... It's awesome. And this part, you, you you channel like the Indiana Jones with Owen and everything. And this like this moment with Owen is just straight up Indiana Jones, like or James Bond or something like that. Oh you yeah, know? action hero. Type. Yeah. Or or uh, Jason Bourne even. Yeah. yeah. This right here is good. Mm-hmm. Love the impacts. Any kind of song like that. Owen's theme in a second. stabbed or something. <laughs> there it is. It's good stuff. Oh, and I think that uh, rounds oh, out oh, yeah. everything the, that we had. The moment when the Fallen Kingdom theme comes in right there is when Owen flips the lever to keep it for keep the Indoraptor from going out. And yeah. the Indoraptor like realizes what has just happened and mm-hmm. like looks at him and it's haunting. Absolutely oh, yeah. haunting. <laughs> yeah. So man. 
that is fun. Like that is fun just sitting there listening because like analyzing and throwing things back and forth to each other. Like there's a lot of good stuff. And and what was the one that we like the the music box thing? Like you just like developed that on the fly and it's just like, uh, yeah, it's just so awesome. Like stuff like this that we can still analyze like years and years later and still come across things. And, and there's a lot to learn, I think, from all this. But yeah, we're going to be doing this a bit so you, you'll hear from us a lot more um caleb will be back plenty of times and uh let's let's let's, let's reveal, reveal it. it okay so <laughs> this this episodic thing where brad and i are going to talk about these scores is just going to be called dino score there we go the music of the jurassic park franchise yeah, yeah so and we uh we came to that name and decided that it sounded <laughs> good so Dinosaur. I like it. Yeah, we're, we're we're trying to be a little corny, but also professional all at the same time. Dino score, you get it. Yeah, got to be a little corny, but also professional. <laughs> you get it. Yeah. So I, that's what we're going to try to do. So basically, this segment is kind of the introduction as to what you would hear. So while this was site B, that's just we used it as like a catch-all for for anything here on the podcast. But we're going to cover stuff like this all the time. Um, the the different themes from the movies. Uh, we'll go track by track at times, and and uh, cue by cue in the movies. And it's gonna we're gonna try to cover as much as we possibly can through all five of these movies. Battle of Big Rock. We're gonna try to do games and the live tour if we can. So there's gonna be a lot of things, uh, even like offshoots of that, where we try to take a look at certain themes across the movies and different elements that are sprinkled in throughout these these scores. Yeah, I'm excited because you yeah, you know a lot about this stuff, and I I could geek out about these scores for for weeks yeah. um, on end. But uh, no, there there are so many intricate, amazing elements about all of the music for these films. Yeah, so it's going to be fantastic. Yeah. yeah, so we'll we'll start those up fairly soon for you guys. Uh, get into some of the themes and whatnot, and then dive into Jurassic Park and start discussing that. You know, we'll go through the entire thing so you guys have everything. Uh, you'll know everything by the end of it, and and we'll learn some stuff, I think. But yeah, so and I teased it just a, a second ago, but you also have another one that you've been working on yeah. that'll kind of act as um, a supplement. A supplement, yeah. It's definitely something that we can throw in at any point. There's, yeah. it's not no no rhyme or reason behind it. It's just like here you go. Here's some some good Jurassic um, music updates for you guys to, to get a good idea as to where you can find things and, and stuff like that. Yeah. So I'm going to be starting a segment called Jurassic tracks, been working on it a little bit and in each little, it'll be a short little thing like five to eight minutes, but in each one I'll choose a track from one of the Jurassic park franchise albums and, uh, talk about why it's awesome, but also talk about the scene it goes with and, uh, help you know, you know, what music's playing when, when things happen so that when you are on your commute or, you know, working out at the gym and you're listening to the Jurassic Park scores, you can, you know, envision the scene in your head. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what that segment is going to, going to be for. I love it. Yeah. I've previewed it. It's, it's great. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. I think we got a lot of fun stuff coming up and I'm really excited to discuss the music. So if you like this, Stick around. You're going to hear a lot from Caleb. So he's, he's part of the team now. So I'm super excited about it. <laughs> well, we've been going for quite a while now, I think. Um, we'll, we'll try to split these up, um, you know, when the segments actually air. So they're maybe not as long, but uh, who knows? You never know with the Jurassic Park podcast. But Caleb, in the meantime, where can everybody find you online? So you can find me on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Caleb Composed. 
uh, Caleb Burnett Music on Facebook. Uh, you'll see my musical postings and my uh, freaking out about Jurassic Park news. <laughs> um, just a combination of both. And uh, yeah, I'm on uh, YouTube and uh, have a website, Caleb Bur- uh, CalebBurnettMusic.com. Yeah, well, you're you're a very talented composer, musician. It's just, I love every, all the stuff that you share online. It's it's awesome. So I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be fun. Thanks, man. So why don't we try to get out of this this recording studio that is just somehow on Isla Sorna and traipse our way through the mud and muck and get off the island. I think there's a helicopter coming. Yeah, I, I hope that our, our radio is still working. We can radio somewhere. <laughs> I don't know if mine's, mine's broken. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the 209th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. Thank you so much to Caleb for joining me uh, today and getting together, you know, for this brand new segment. Uh, this was all his doing. You know, he he came to me with the idea of a music segment or two music segments, as you heard. Jurassic Tracks, which is the shorter one that he's going to be doing sporadically. And also Dino Score the music of the Jurassic Park franchise. I am so excited to to finally have, um, you know, real good, hopefully good, um, music segments on this podcast. Caleb is a professional. I love everything that he produces music-wise, and I love all of his thoughts and insight into music. So I think it's a, it's a great match for us, and I'm really excited to continue this project and build it farther and and just really really dive into the music because this was just scratching the surface there is so much to go into so much um information to dive into as far as the scores are concerned not just the music themselves but so much to hear to analyze to talk about i am so excited about that and we'll be doing more for you guys in the future here and also stay tuned for jurassic tracks every now and then keep your ears peeled for that one I'm going to keep this outro a bit short this week. I'm going to skip over the reviews and the advice stuff. I just want to say thank you guys so much for listening to this episode and each and every episode. I always appreciate it so, so much. And uh, we're always excited to hear from you guys. So if you're listening to this still, let us know. And let us know what you thought about today's segment and the future of this segment. So thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. And I'm going to go ahead and kick it off to myself for the outro. Saddle up, let's get this movable feast underway. Please give us a follow on Twitter, at Jurassic Park Pod, and myself, at Brad Jost. Also on Facebook and Instagram, at Jurassic Park Podcast. Don't forget to join the Jurassic Park Podcast group on Facebook. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, our website, or wherever else podcasts are found. So please be sure to subscribe. Also, don't miss our toy hunts and reviews, in-depth bonus content, live streams, gameplay, events and theme park coverage, and so much more on our YouTube channel. If you haven't already, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We will read your reviews at the end of every episode, so please be sure to spare no expense. Don't miss us on the web at JurassicParkPodcast.com, where you'll find today's episode show notes, wonderful articles, bios from our contributors, and so much more. If you want to get a hold of us, you can fill out the contact form on our website or email us. 
JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. We're always looking for new segments, contributors, mailbag submissions, or anybody who just wants to say hello. Feel free to call our voicemail line at any time to leave us a message. That number is 732-825-7763. Thanks for listening, and enjoy. Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now.